0: are listening to Women & Music
1: by Goldhand Girls. And we are your hosts, Alexa Ace and Michaela Chandler. Today's episode is for the multitasker, the eager, and the go-getter. We've got the incredibly talented and fierce female force, Jenna Andrews. Creative powerhouse Jenna Andrews has
0: spent the large part of her outstanding career bringing out the best and the most promising talent around the globe. True that. Jenna's collaborated with some of the most renowned names in the market today, including heavy hitters such as Drake, Jennifer Lopez, Little Mix,
1: Lynn and Stella, Tori Kelly, Jesse J, and more. Additionally, she's taken on pop singer-songwriter Noah Cyrus under her wing, a and her single July, and writing the remix featuring Leon Bridges, which has over 160 million streams to date. Jenna is also celebrating stellar
0: success from the hit she co-wrote, with New Zealand-born singer-songwriter, Benny. Super lonely, which has produced over 10 million TikTok videos and has massed over 125
1: million streams on Spotify alone. This only slightly, and I mean slightly, Slightly. scratches the surface of Jenna's success. And we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have. Give it up for our guest,
0: Jenna Jenna Andrews. Andrews.
1: Hi. What Hello. is up? <laughs> How are you? you are fantastic. Doing it. Got
0: a big old coffee. Um it is like 17 a.m. on this end. Where are you calling uh, from? I am calling from New
2: York. I'm actually in New Jersey at the moment, but I guess I'm an hour ahead of you guys. So you're central
0: time. Yes. I'm like Um you're <laughs> from time. Canada though, right? Hey. I am. Hey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. We haven't talked to anyone yet that's from Canada. Oh,
1: you're our first Canadian.
2: Yes. What are you guys? Saw me earlier. I'm wearing all red, so it's kind of perfect. (laughs) On brand. I know. I'm on brand and my coffee cup's white. Oh my God. Look at me.
0: Go Canada. Go Canada.
1: (laughs) It's popping. Pretty great. We're popping. Jenna, so
0: what are some of the songs? Could you name some of the songs that you have co written?
2: Well, this year has been a really great year for me. I got, I got, um, the chance to write with, um, my girl, Benny, who's amazing. Um, we've actually done a lot together. Um, but we, we co-wrote the the song Super Lonely, which did really, really well this year. It's, um,
1: do you know the dance? Do you know the TikTok dance? I don't, I don't. The dance is hard. (laughs) It is so fast. fast. Do you know it? No, I've tried so many times and put it in slow-mo and I'm just like, Michaela, you are not a dancer. You're, oh my God, it's not. such a hard
2: dance.
1: Oh my God, what this
2: isn't I know I did, I tried like something, but I couldn't do the dance. I was like, oh, I suck. But anyway, no, Super Lonely was so, was such a freaking amazing moment given the, you know, the climate of the world and stuff. I was like, wow, this is like really the light of the dark. You know what I mean? It was just like such a nice thing to have this year. So, um and then i i co-wrote the the july remix the one with noah cyrus and leon bridges um that was this year i'm not sure if you guys heard that version or not but just wrote the the leon bridges um verse which was really fun and he's amazing i mean oh he's like one of my favorite artists so that was like that was like so fun um let's see I mean I'm trying to like do I have to really go to my disco I'm like
0: oh my God. <laughs> well that's oh, why my... we wanted to ask you because we were we know that you've done a lot and that's what we're about to get into but we wanted to know like some of the songs that you love that that you've co-written so maybe that's a better No, way to that put I it. love yeah I mean
2: the ones that I love are like some of the ones that aren't like as like those are like the ones that obviously like more recently that that I love that I've and obviously like, you know, been really I mean blue, actually the the song Blue that I did with Benny I really love too. That was on also on our EP with Super Lonely. That's one of my favorite ones that I've done. Um and then there's some other ones like from back in the day that I that I really love. Like I always tell people like my one of my favorite songs that I've ever written was this song Personal that I did with Jesse J. Um which was like literally like five years ago or something. But I just it's still like one of my yeah. most like the lyric and that just is one of my favorite songs that I've been a part of, and also um, this a song like the whole Magic Jordan EP, which was like even longer ago, like six or I think like maybe I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. But that that was that was such a like that I think that will always be one of my favorite projects that I've ever been a part of, just because it's like every song was so good and um, yeah. That's
1: incredible. How many, how many writers typically work on a song? Is it typically just you and the artist or are there a lot of people in the room? Like what does that kind of look like as far as like collaborations go? Um,
2: it's always different. I mean, usually it's like the, you know, it's tough. I mean, when it's like me and an artist, it's usually just like me and the artist and the producer. Um, or sometimes it's just me and the artist. Like I love writing one-on-one with an artist as well. It's just, I feel like we can really get magic, which, um, yeah which which is it's just it's just so intimate you know but in terms of just like writing sometimes when it with without the artist or you're just like writing with other writers or producers that you love i mean it's um i mean usually no more than four people but then obviously sometimes you look at credits and you see like 10 people on a song so like in that sense yeah. you'll be like a lot of times what will happen is like you'll have like a chorus that everyone really loves and then you'll bring in you know This like you'll bring in another writer to like help with like a different kind of perspective if you kind of get stuck. And then they'll maybe write a verse that's like amazing. And then by the time everyone's finished with the song, it's like there's 10 writers on the song. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So, but in terms of actually creating the actual initial song and moment, it's usually like no more than like four, I would say. But again, there's no rules. There's really no rules.
0: That's awesome. I think it's a misconception that most songs are written by just the artist. So. I love that you're like, no, someone writes the chorus. Other people write the, the verses, the hook. Is that, is that are, are, there, are there like specific writers for like a chorus? Are there specific writers for like verses? Do people still say that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Especially if you're not in the industry funny because i feel like people are so much more in
2: tune like fans are so much in tune, more in tune with how songs are written
0: way more than they used
2: to be like you know obviously it's the social media like i mean maybe not like i don't know maybe it's not like the older demographic that knows as much maybe because yeah. they're not as much on social media but but definitely like Kids, know because it's like I am all, I'm constantly getting like DMs or tweets or whatever about like certain songs I'm a part of. Like they look at the credits and stuff. So, but I mean, honestly, no, it doesn't work. Like somebody writes a verse, somebody writes. It's like usually just like you write, a, especially when you're writing with artists, like it's usually just that. Like you write with an artist and the song comes out. But if, if, let's say they like the song is there and they're like, holy crap, this is like the best song, but I wish there could be a different verse. We either try to write rewrite it or sometimes it will happen that you'll get stuck and you'll ask another friend to come in and help and be like, hey, do you have any ideas on this verse? Or in terms of like track, that's when a lot of people get um, put on songs as well. Because like a lot of times, like in terms of just the like how competitive music is now, it's like usually you know the tr- the track is a is a hard one to crack sometimes so sometimes like the drum programming isn't right or like maybe they want somebody to add some like orchestral parts or maybe and that and then it'll end up being like a couple producers or three pro- you know like that's how like sort of and then they end up you know rewriting a chord part you know like if oh. then they get publishing and then they're a writer on the song but they didn't actually write lyrics or melody they wrote like the the chords you know what I'm saying? Which yeah. obviously is like accounts to a big part of the song. Obviously, that is half the song. So that's sort of, I think, what probably people don't necessarily get. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they don't know that if you wrote the piano part, that necessarily means you wrote the song. Because it's like, you know, obviously, you can take the song off the chords, but the song was written to those chords. Even if you put them on different chords, that songwriter still helped you write that song.
0: Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's so much that goes into one song. Like, how cool is that?
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. It's and it's so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's why it's like a very sometimes a tough um, question to answer because it's like um, sometimes, you know, I've been a part of songs that are, I mean, a lot of times song the best songs that I've been a part of are written in the first like literally 50 minutes because it's like there's always that magic and sometimes it's just there like sometimes you're like wow we just wrote that song in like 30 minutes and it's like basically done or sometimes you get like an incredible lyric or incredible idea within the first 15-30 minutes but it takes you a month or two to like iron out like it really usually there's when you have something great there usually is a spark of magic in the beginning like in like everything that i've been a part of just because like Otherwise, you just move on to a new idea. But if there's something that everyone loves and feels special, then they'll want to keep cracking at it until you can get it. But sometimes they just come and they're just there. And the songs are, there's like nothing to do. Like maybe it's like, those are the really special ones that you're like, wow, how did we just do this in 30 minutes?
1: (laughs) That's so crazy. And you, Jenna, like your lyricism is so real. Yes. And you just have such an amazing talent for storytelling, like from Every ounce of your catalog from all the artists that you've worked with, even your personal writings, like, I am just so connected to it because I'm like, wow, how did she, how'd she know I was going through that? How'd she know? What does that vulnerable, like, songwriting session look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny that you asked that question because, like, I recently started um, my own, like, sort of, like podcast called the green room which is sort of like why i started it for this very question that you asked because a lot of these songs are written from like extremely personal experiences and like this thing that i'm doing is about mental health and a lot not to say that every single song is about your mental health it's not that but mental health is basically you know what somebody goes through and i think whether it be you know anything that you're going through in life you know it reflects on what happens in a songwriting room so a lot of times it's like it is therapy. And you go in and you don't even realize how much you need it until the song's done. You'll listen to that song a hundred times after you wrote it because you're like, wow, like every time you listen to it and you're listening to the words that you said, it's like you're reliving it. And it helps you either get over what you're going through or helps you, you know, it just depends on what it is, but there's something so cathartic about that experience. And, um, that's really what it's like. It's like, I mean, if you find the right, um, in my opinion, if it's the right, session and the right people and the right vibe it's always like walking into like this therapy room where you just feel completely vulnerable and open and you can almost say things that you didn't even know you thought you know what I mean
0: absolutely Um, I'm curious about like what the environment is like and if you can give us any examples of when you go into a songwriting session what I mean you said you know it's it's magic really you already kind of have that connection with the artist and you know you're going to walk into a room and have to like, like therapy, get out emotions,
1: get all out. what there. is,
0: what do those environments look like? Are you in houses? Are you in studios? Like, how do you pull that vulnerability out of an artist in any environment?
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not really about, well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm somebody that's about feng shui for sure. So I'm always like, if, if it's like, you know, if you're writing in like, a room that's completely like dentist lighting and all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I like, of course, nobody's going to be able to like get in their feelings because everyone's going to be so stiff. Cause I feel so in that sense, that's the only situation that I'd really say, say is like hard to like, you know, really like find the feeling. Cause it's just, you know, it's stale. It doesn't really feel like you're in a creative environment, but like, other than that, I kind of feel like anywhere because you can sort of vibe out any room that you're in, you know, I think it's like, you know, just getting, even in nature, like this summer has been really interesting just being in the East coast. Usually I'm on the West coast, but I mean, there's something about just sitting in nature and like sort of just like talking to someone. It's really about relationships at the end of the day. I mean, think about, I always explain it as like, if you're going out, and you like meet somebody on freaking tinder or whatever it is and you go on and you it's like the same shit it's like you meet somebody and you're like oh my god do we connect do we not connect if you connect you're going to talk about something and they're going to tell you something and in that conversation they're going to say something that's the song period you know what i mean it's like they're going to say something that they didn't even think was so it doesn't have to be like oh my gosh like that's why like gotier somebody that i used to know is so fucking big because it's like that's somebody. That's something that everybody just says in, in their like common day sentence, but it just happened to be like, holy shit, that's such a fucking amazing lyric and thought. And that's something that everyone relates to. And that happens a lot in conversation. And that's exactly what I mean is like, you could literally be talking to your therapist and say all these things and all of a sudden you're just like, it's pouring out of you. Wow. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that I felt like this. I'm saying things that I'm just like connecting with on a level that I didn't even know existing within myself and then you're expressing that to someone else so really I'm the person that's like oh my god this is this is the thing that like hits and then I connected to that so it means you you probably will connect to it you know what I mean like it's a human thing it's an energy thing it's a freaking connection thing it's a physics like this is what who we're as humans like we're this is what we're you know this is this is a part of like we've it's not a coincidence when someone texts you or something and you're like thinking about them. You know what I mean? It's the mm-hmm. same thing about like when you say something and you, all of a sudden there's just something in your gut that just connects. It's like something that we all feel as humans.
1: It's, it's really cool. It's yeah. so crazy. It's incredible Alexa and I are always comparing songs and we're talking about like Alexa and I could like consume music differently. I connect so much to lyrics and like Ace connects is Nexus <laughs> words. Ace connects more to like the sound of it and like how it makes yeah. her feel almost immediately. And I'm just like, what the heck? And if you look at the songs that are like on the top charts right now, I yeah. feel like the lyrics are just not—they're not as strong. Like it's just kind of like hodgepodge. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, bread and tomatoes, yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but for me, okay. I want something deep. Like I want to sit in my car in traffic and cry. Like make me cry. <laughs> like make I me know. cry oh yes like made make me, me cry. cry there you
2: go oh my god that's amazing I um <clears throat> yeah it's funny because because like no I so I so hear what you mean I think but for everybody it's different I mean music and the melody for me at least always pulls from an emotion too though like you, you know like somebody could play chords or I'll play and then I'll sing something over it and it's like it makes me feel something like even if I'm not saying words yet so that's sort of the same thing that you would get when you're listening to music and not the lyrics because you'll you even though you may not be listening to the lyrics at first you sort of like gutturally and like instinctively kind of know what it's trying to say to you if that makes sense because it's like it's 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 like um invoking an emotion in you that I feel like it's um that's 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 what's cool with songs, you know, it's like you don't lyric is I mean, I think to make a song hit home all the way, obviously, you need like a captivating melody with a great lyric. But I understand when, when people just listen to mel- melody and feel feel that much. I do get that, of course. That's like tons of people.
0: So when you're writing for I mean, I know we mentioned like the the top hits billboard. Are there certain like key features that you have to do to implement like the fact that that song is going to be on the radio like do you typically write for radio when you're writing for radio does that make sense
1: like is there a strategy behind it
0: never oh i love that answer
2: never that's like that's what i was gonna say before too is like a lot of times writing it can be two things right i mean there's also like things that exist like you know it's the LA conveyor belt where people just go from room to room and like that people do think that way. And that's something that I just feel completely allergic to. And that's something that I really, as an artist and you know, when I was like making my record and when I was signed and stuff, I, I hated that. And that's sort of when I, now me as like an executive producer, as a vocal producer songwriter, like now in this context, I sort of like to do everything that I didn't like or, don't don't do. Sorry, I like to like. <laughs> I learned all my like don't do because like by by that exact thing like. And so I guess I try to, um, try to like be everything that I wish that every that that all my sessions could have been in certain situations and the ones that I love and take the ones that I didn't like and then just try to be like okay like what did I take out of this? So it's almost mm. good because now it's like you can go in and work with artists now and be able to like kind of like really understand what, what they don't like and that that and not everybody like some you know listen some artists actually don't do like that process but it's just usually that's not the kind of artist that I feel like I've had the strongest connections with just because I feel like I write from a more emotional place like and I do you have to consider there's always like a certain amount of math and songwriting for sure but to me it's more I can I sort of take the math more like riding a bike where you learn it and then you kind of throw it away but it's very like in you so you don't have to think about it anymore that's
1: right. you know? put it. yeah what are some of those don't do lessons that you learned early on that you could share with us
0: it's just like song bullying mm. like you
1: know like
2: when an artist like like when you're in a room with an artist and you really feel their vibe of like wanting to say something and like wanting to be vulnerable and wanting to be open and they have an idea and To shut them down right away, or you know, not to explore an idea even though it may not be the right one, but just being able to stay in a way to not like, like shut them down because if once you shut them down, they're not going to be able to be vulnerable, and that's when you know the song's going to go nowhere. You know, like that's a perfect example, or like, you know, just keeping the energy good. You know, just I always feel like that's a massive one. It's like when you have bad energy in a room, like an artist isn't going to feel open, whether it's you're recording their vocals or writing with them or whatever you're doing. It's like you have to. Be have positive energy because they're going to feel that you know and have it be authentic too because otherwise i feel like you're just wasting everyone's wasting their time because it's just like it's just then it's just going to be writing words on a piece of paper or whatever that just no one connects to or singing a flat vocal like they can do like 30 passes and try to get like technically good but no one's going to feel it you know what i mean so you just have to like make sure that's what i'm saying like i always want to I'd rather, if I can feel the energy going bad, I would stop the session and be like, oh my gosh, let's go for a drink or let's go for a walk or let's go get a coffee or like, just, just vibe. Like, let's not even like work right now. Let's just connect as people.
0: Have you ever been in a session where you haven't met the artist before you were going to go write a song with them?
2: Oh my God. Yeah. All the time. Oh, really? All the time. I mean, what is that like? Yeah. How
0: do you, how do you build that trust? Like almost immediately?
2: You're saying how, so you're saying, have I like written for an artist without an artist in the room or
0: wait? Well, well, like, have you ever been paired with an artist to go write a song and, but you've never actually met the artist before? Like the first day that you meet, you're meant to be together to write a song. Does that ever happen?
2: Oh yeah. All the time. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, no, I mean, it's the same as anything. Like I said, it's like when you're going on a date and you like, or you meet somebody for the very first time and you're like, Oh my God, I feel like I've known you my whole life or like, you know, it's like, it's not it's it's really like that, and it's sometimes if you don't have' you know every person's different, and if somebody's like more reserved or it's hard to like connect, you find the levels to connect. it's just like honestly, it's just not so dissimilar of just meeting somebody as a friend or like you know having you know going to a party and finding similar interests with someone or just you know it's it's more about like connecting with the person before actually writing the song. you're not like, okay, cool, what do you want to write this song about yeah it's like. I never do that. Like, I hate that. That's one thing I hate, too. It's like, okay, how are you feeling? Because it feels like you don't really care how they're feeling. You're just trying to, like, probe them. You're just just trying to get a song. And you're like, no, that's not how you do it. You just literally get to know them. So even if you get nothing that day, you may be able to, like, at least have the knowledge of who they are and be able to, like, at one point feel maybe a month down the road. You're like, oh, my gosh. I have this crazy idea for this person now. And then it was worth that day, even though you guys didn't write a song that day. Like, that's what I'm saying. There's no real calculated plan in my mind. It's just like, whatever feels authentic and real, I, I try to follow.
1: I am so just like, I'm, I'm over here just like jaw dropping that you're comparing it to dating because I've never even considered that before. Cause it's so <laughs> true. Like when you sit down with someone, you don't want to be like, hi, my name is Michaela and I want 12 kids and I want to live in Nebraska and
0: and there's the song
1: and there's my song, you know, like it's a, it's a relationship. Like you develop it over time. Like you get to know them, you get to know like their passions and, and their goals. And you, you try to uplift that. And so like that, I don't know, I'm just having an eye opening experience over here. Yeah. Oh I'm God, just I having a moment. That. But <laughs> it's true though. It's exactly like, that's the thing. You don't want to rush it. You don't want to be like, Hey, like,
2: yeah, exactly. Like, I like... I, my favorite color is blue. My favorite... It's like, that's so cheesy. Like, who wants that shit? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, that's... You're not, like, writing down notes. It's like, there, there's movies that make fun of people like that. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's the same shit as like, hey, what's my bucket list? You make, like, you know, when you're a kid, and you're like, oh, these are the 20 things I want to accomplish. But by the time you're actually an adult, and you're in life, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, it. it's not so matter-of-fact anymore. It's like, it just... You kind of just... We kind of just, like, go with it and sort of, I don't know. That's just what a real relationship is like. I think anything super calculated, it's just hard to, like, have that be authentic. Yeah. yeah.
0: Vulnerability. I feel yeah. like greatness is vulnerability. Greatness is 100%. connecting. A hundred percent. So you have helped develop artists such as Lennon Stella. What does developing an artist mean for someone like Lennon? Like, what are the steps towards development? Um. Well.
2: For Lennon, it's like we, we started writing together when I when she was fourteen, um, which is like seven years ago, and um really it was just like a process of discovering like what her sound was gonna be, you know. And I think that it's 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 also, you know, the people that she really wanted to have in her creative community, whereas like writers, producers, like just all that kind of stuff, you know um vocal production um you know trying certain features out like everything from like her being on the tv show nashville to where she is today it's like you know just and also a lot of that was like knowing her as a person honestly it was exactly that because we became so close like family that i sort of understood who she was on such a deep level that It wasn't even like, oh, this person would be really good for her musically. It's more like, oh, this person would be really good for her. Mm. Like, as a human being, right? And it's actually funny because a lot of the same people that I wrote like with, like, as for my album when I was signed would be the same people I'd bring in for her. But I knew because we connected that she would love them. And she did. It was like, oh, my God, they're just an instant connection because of how she feels about them as humans, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm curious. Does it, like... Do you have to fully develop an artist per se in a and r before you go and find like collaborations before you put a song out or, like since you do development and you do a and r does an artist need to be a full package before you put a song out with them?
2: Oh, um, no, I don't think so. I mean, no, not at all. I mean the thing the whole thing is development you wanna develop you wanna develop as it with your fan base, especially now, like you wanna sort of make your fans feel like they were there with you growing, so I think it's good to engage a fan base and engage people as you're putting songs out because it's like they can grow with you and I think there's something really powerful about that like what happened with Billie Eilish you know what I mean it's like she she really grew with her fans and as she grew it's like they grow with her and I think that's or with anybody honestly like that because that's but especially now like that's That's sort of what I mean I think because of where we're at social media now social media TikTok it's like if you write a song why not throw it up on TikTok and see what people think like hey should I release this You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course you should do that because if that's, that's going to be, it's an amazing gauge. Are you kidding me? Like all of a sudden you get all, all, all your like fans being like, oh my God, I freaking love this. Or you gain fans. you know what I mean? Absolutely. You you gain people by doing that because they're like, oh, this is super dope. And then they feel invested and they can like chime in. and, And it's just like, that's, that's the world we're living in today. And it's actually pretty freaking cool that, that, um, Like, they can be so included in your music. So, like, when the songs come out, in every stage they come out, whether, like, even with Lennon, like, when she first put out um, that song, Bad, I don't know if you remember, but, like, we did, like, she put out, like, a demo first and then like where she put like a snippet on instagram then she put like a, de- a demo on youtube and then of the, the demo like before it was even produced and then we produced it out and put the real version so like fans got to see every single stage and like they loved that so by the time like the actual song came out they weren't like bored because a lot of times you put out a song and people have add now so it's like mm-hmm. oh it's cool for like a month and it's like what's the next thing or not even a month
1: yeah
0: <laughs> depends not, not even a month you
1: know yeah I remember watching Lennon, I was like a diehard Nashville fan and like her and her sister just, it was so crazy because I like literally remember watching them grow up and now seeing her as like an established artist. Like I'm like, holy shit. Like her, her sound has always been the same, but her as a artist, as a brand, as a person has developed so much. And I just feel like she is so unique in like, wow. Like it's just so crazy. What is that like? for you watching an artist go from like rising as a rising star, as a rising artist?
2: I mean, honestly, like she's the first artist that I like, like, I mean, I've worked with a lot of artists that I feel like I've had massive roles in like development, but I haven't officially like developed and signed them or anything. So she's like the first one that really like kind of made me feel like, Oh, I really want to do this. Cause I never, I didn't really think of it before, you know, but so in that sense, it's like, sort of funny because it's like you go through life that's again like a good example it's like i would have never thought that i would do it so it's like you sort of like roll with the punches and i'm like whoa it's so fucking cool like it's it's amazing i just never saw like it's just i feel like it's more like hard to even know because it's like you it just happened and you're just like so grateful and it's it's so it's such a cool thing but it's not like i like wrote this down it's like this is my goal and then it happened it's like No, it was just like we did that. I think we both sort of like trust each other in the journey and ended up in a place that like is so exciting and amazing. I think we're still just like enjoying the ride, if that makes sense. Like, it's just like, wow. And I think it's important just to kind of like also stay constantly humble in in these things because that's how you make the best music. So it's like, you can't even like look at like where you've, I mean, the only thing that I will say is like being really proud of the music and like, just like, that kind of stuff but i feel like when you stay like it's hard to explain like i feel like every single like moment in your career if you just constantly like want to achieve greatness and you never feel like oh yeah like almost like just look at it and be like oh how do i feel right now it's like almost like no just keep it moving right. keep it moving keep it moving mm-hmm. you know what i mean like keep i'm absolutely. just more like everything like, yeah like i'm just keep it i just keep on moving and i'm just like the one thing like when i Wait, like during Christmas holidays when I'm like shut down or something like that and I'm just like listening to music and and then I'm just kind of indulging, and then I'm like wow, like at that point I'm like this is so cool, like I can't like I can't believe we've created. Like that that's when I like really feel like it hits, mm. you know, but when you're in it and you're just constantly trying to like keep on going, sometimes it's even hard to identify like how does this feel, you know, cuz you just like want to keep
0: making good music. Yeah. I think that's a really great point. And I kind of want to say too, rewinding here a little bit, I'm kind of pulling together a lot of these questions and I want to say, I think that there's something really special about social media that I haven't really said yet. And Jenna, you mentioned how, like, do people actually, do people actually not know like the writers? Do I, do they actually think that the artist is the one who makes up all the song? And I'm over here, like how special is it that, that's kind of how it was in like the '80s and the '90s that people would get records and they would, you know, scan the front and back and know the writers and reach out to the writers and the producers, et cetera. And you know what? In a in a really strange way, that's I feel like we're kind of back there, like because of social media, it's like we are we kind of are able to, like you said, watch these artists' fan base fan bases um, really stick with the artists And how do I say this? really stick with the artist's rise. Like they really want to see the, their artist rise that they believe in. And so because of social media and because of the access to the artist, they're getting a chance to be more involved than ever. And I just kind of wanted to say that because I've never really realized, whoa, it's kind of like the 80s. That's really, really positive in a lot of ways for the music industry. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, it totally is. I mean,
2: I think that it's just, it's, it's just like, I think the social media aspect just makes
0: music feel a lot more inclusive. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great way to put it. How does for you being digitally consistent leverage your career or does it?
2: Um, how does it leverage? Uh, yeah, I think it does because I think it makes people more aware you know it's like there's an awareness that you can constantly feed to people on social media which is amazing because there's there's a lot of times like people are so caught up in their own lives that how would they know about what's going on so it almost gives you the opportunity to like constantly like self-promote you know that sounds sounds funny but like it's true right it's like it's just a good but but it's also good because it's like you know you'll put something on your instagram like this like how we met we met like how we meet everyone you know what I mean? You'll, you'll post something and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you did this. Or like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Or somebody that you haven't seen in like two years and they're like, oh, you wrote that song. I love that song. We should write again. Like that kind of stuff. I feel like it's so amazing in that sense. Like, and the fact that you can create something from nothing is just on your own is pretty exceptional. Like, um, you can have an idea and just activate it and really, um, you know, based on your own platform that you create, like that's, 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 that's cool.
0: It's so cool. And I think from the from the outside looking into it's really cool like Jenna you're a great example of someone who like personally I think that you use social media in a fantastic way. I feel like you let okay. people in. You're welcome. You let people in from from the outside like you give you let us see kind of what's going on in the inside music industry world and a lot of people don't do that. And I think that to our listeners right now I think that Jenna take her as an example of you can you can start, you can post whatever you want. If you let people have like an inside look, then it, it only helps you. It only helps you. You can grow from nothing. Not saying that you grew from nothing, Jenna. Holy crap, you grew from everything. But <laughs> I think that, I think it's a, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Am I making sense no. at all? You are. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm You're so in my thoughts right now.
2: No, but I did grow from nothing. I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm still growing, like and I'll always be growing. But honestly, like I grew up in Calgary where it's like, there was like no music industry and it's like I sold like I did anything like I freaking when I was 14 would sell tickets to shows just to open up for acts that would come to Calgary you know like big concert promoters and like I mean the list goes on and on I like you know so no trust me that's part of the reason why I am like that on social media I like I would like to try to and be and continue to be more that way I feel that like you know just leading by example especially being a female you know because I I, it's just so hard it's so much harder as a female in this business and that's something that my god we could talk about forever Forever. but it's it's, uh, but it's no but it's just so it's just so hard I mean you always have to just like you know obviously work so much harder as a female in every field honestly and it's like funny because even growing up my mom I remember like my mom would always say that it's like you as a kid you're like oh my god whatever like you're just you don't even know what you're talking about like you don't get it but when you actually grow up and you become an adult and you realize especially in an industry like music which is so like you know there's so so much objectivity um you really realize like how bad it is because then a lot of times like you know it's like you can't really win it's like you're if you're if you if you look a certain way, it's like you can't get respect. And if you don't look a certain way, you can't. Like, you know what I mean? As a female, yeah. it's like, what what do you have to do? Show up in a plastic bag and yep. punch eyes eye holes? Like, it's fucking crazy. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, totally. you just have to. So it's, 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 um, that's kind of what I mean is like, so I feel like as a female, as somebody that's like worked really hard my whole life battled a lot of different things, whether it be like anxiety or, you know a bunch of like the list goes on and on it's like it's it's something that i feel like i'm responsible to help females obviously you guys gold hand girls like it's like yeah it's like important for us to like represent newer generations and kids growing up wanting to do certain things and looking at the females now that that and looking and thinking that it's actually possible you know and it just it feels good to do that more than just accomplishing your own personal goals. It's like, okay, I feel like I have a responsibility to actually like motivate. You yeah. Know? And you
0: do. And you absolutely, you absolutely do. do. But Jenna. that's kind of like rolling it back to social media. That's why I feel like, 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 Jenna, I feel like your fans are very tuned in because of how consistent you are. And, oh, yeah. That's so, so sick. Oh, thanks for
1: saying that. Social media guru. For real. <laughs> oh, my God. Go social media guru. I'm trying.
0: <laughs> You're doing it. We You're see
1: d- it. You're doing it. Uh, we,
0: we want to know um, kind of a little bit about each part of what you do. What does it mean to be a vocal producer?
2: So for me, it's different because I think it means like for vocal production, it's like, you know, it's, it's definitely um, the normal stuff that comes in, you know, whether it's like EQing and compressing and just like the right reverbs and delays and all those kind of things and like timing and tuning, like there's that aspect of vocal production, which is obviously like, you know, a big part of it. But for me, the way I, the reason I like vocal production is for like the harmonies and the arrange the like arra- the, the, the melodic arrangements, which is essentially like an extension of writing. Cause you're like coming up with parts, right? So it's like, I love and production. Cause it's a lot of times I'll use my vocals as like a snare or a hi hat or like a kick or like, like, like an 808 sounding like wow. bass drummer. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I love using vocals as instruments too. So I love like being creative of, wow. of vocal production. So I, that's what made me really love it is like how I could use my like artistry and like what I, like it's so creative for me. I love like taking, like it's like taking, um, you know, a palette and being able to paint like, yeah. and, and it's, it's, I find it really interesting because it's the same as production. You get a song and then, like you said, so much goes into it that people don't know, but it, as a producer. You have to like paint the song where it gives it dynamic and like really helps like elevate the top line which is mm. the lyric and melody but as a vocal producer you do the same thing really like from top to bottom you want to like sparkle it with with vocals and it, it adds to the production as well and you can use vocals as parts that you wouldn't even know was a vocal you'd be like oh my god that's such a cool like sound but it was actually a vocal but yeah. you can eq it where it sounds like a instrument which strings like you can make your voice sound like anything
0: So oh, cool you recently also did vocals I, for bts's I, I, dynamite right yeah awesome. yeah 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 how do you manage vocally producing seven different parts? <laughs> well,
2: I mean, that's so, f- I, I actually vocal produced um, Little Mix in the past, which was really cool. And I vocal produced a lot of different, like, amazing, I've been lucky enough to vocal produce, like, really, really great singers. I don't even know um, if you know, but, like, some of, like, the super, like, Tamia is, like, one of my favorite R&B singers, like, from back in the day, I got to, like, vocal produce her, like, Marsha Ambrosius, and then, like, Jesse Day, and, Tori Kelly and JoJo and all this stuff. So to me, like when you do those kind of singers and then you bring it into like a group perspective, it's like it gives you a lot of knowledge. And because you know a lot of those singers do so many harmonies. So when I did Little Mix, was like that's another experience where it's like obviously there's four of them, but it's like you know it's there's so much thought when it goes into like parts and and just making sure every singer has the right moment where they sing it, who's strongest singing what. So like when it comes to BTS, again, it was just like okay, cool, like. It's, it's that. But to me, like I said, I'm so I'm such a harmony person and I'm so focused on harmony arrangements. That was a lot of what I did. So I sang in a lot of the harmonies and then they re-sang them. So I just basically took it. And a lot of what you hear was my harmony arrangements in the vocal production.
0: What does it mean to re- record remotely? Because I read recently that you that the BTS's Dynamite was recorded remotely from South Korea. What, is, what does that mean?
2: Well, recording remotely, like I've been doing a lot of actually vocal production sessions um, from different places. Like I'm working with this girl, Jasmine Soko from Singapore. I'm working with this girl, Lena Tiki from Turkey. Like it's crazy. So basically, like we've been setting up this program called Source Connect, which is um, basically a way that I can talk to them. um, And it's not through Zoom. So it's just basically like they hear me through like I'm talking through the mic and they can hear me through the speakers and then they base and then basically we mute Zoom so I can see her I can see them on Zoom. And so and then basically the engineer in the studio can screen share their like pro tools or logic and I can like like basically like annotate like what I want to think. So I can like do a circle over like a part that I want them to move or change or restang, And then I can actually talk to Source Connect. Wow.
0: Wow. That is absolutely insane. Go technology. Crazy, right? that, like, I have chills. That is so freaking cool. And if you know how to work like a DAW at all, I feel like that, like to be able to like, so do you share like your screen? I share the screen. Yeah, we share screen. Wow. That is incredible. How long does it take typically to, to like remotely vocally produce a song?
2: Listen, in terms of, that it's like, it's always different. Cause a lot of times like I'll get all the takes right. Oh, they will, they will, we'll have to go in stages. They'll get all the tape and then, and then I'll basically go on comp all the takes and then whatever. I feel like we can get better. We'll go on again, get better. And then I'll do a bunch of harmonies myself. And that's the part where it, it helps because I'm able to sing everything in and then I can send it and they can just, they can just, um, uh, like copy what I did. You know what I mean? Rather than having me be there and be like, sing this part, yep. sing this harmonies. and they can just like hear it and then sing it and send it back and I can comp it. So that's how it works really well.
0: Wow. Are you ever like under stress from a label? Like, are there ever really strict deadlines on stuff like this?
2: Oh my God. Yeah. Of course. I mean, all the time. How do you manage those? I don't know. I literally don't know. I don't know. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just like, again, I'm just trying to roll with the punches and Um, I don't know. I just so you know what? At the end of the day, I just love it so much. I love and I'm so grateful to be able to be doing what I love every day that I think that I'm just like, okay, yeah, like just like keep going. And, you know, this because you never, you never know. There's so many like highs and lows in our industry and like times where like things won't be as going as well. And there's been times in my life that's it been like, oh my God, when is the next gig too? Where you're just like waiting around for someone to call you. So when you have these opportunities, it's like you don't want to, you also want to take them. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So,
0: but what if the yeah. magic doesn't happen in that like set deadline time?
2: Um, well, when it comes to like vocal production, I, I, I never feel like that. It's different writing a song. I mean, when you're writing a song and you have a set deadline, um, it, I mean, listen, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, no one's going to put out a song if it's not great, yeah. but it's not a bank. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly, it's like, I mean, it, there's aspects it's so funny, but. It's not if, if listen, it's the music industry in the sense that even though everyone has a deadline going crazy and super stressed, it's like if the song's not gonna make the cut, it's not gonna make the cut. You yeah. can only try
0: your best. So it's not good for the whole team.
1: Yeah. What is that what does that look like when say you write a song with Noah and then yeah. the label comes back and they're like, Hey Jenna, great, great job. Uh we're actually not gonna use this song. How how often does that happen? And like, how do you what what is your mindset during that? Cause I just be like, the fuck? I think that is if it's that, then it's like, you know, it, I mean, I've been
2: used to this ha- like so many times. It's like you kind of get used to it. Right. It's like you have it, hurt, it, it definitely stings. It doesn't ever stop stinging. You're just like, oh, that sucks. But then it's like you just have to, like, keep it moving, you know, like you have to try to just kind of go on to the next thing. I mean, you know, it's it does happen. I mean, people work. A long time and try to perfect something and get it really right and even if you you think sometimes you wrote the best song of your life somebody else could tell you it's a piece of shit but then the other thing is you could be like you're wrong and then mm. you know i don't know i mean even if it's you know and then maybe talk to the artist hey do you want to give this to another artist i mean how many times has that happened too are you the biggest hit song is a song that some label person passed on i mean it's yeah. like you know this is like the story of our the music
1: business right as a songwriter like if you're new getting into the industry how does a songwriter get paid? Do you get paid once the song is on the album, or like what it, what does that payout look like for for a songwriter?
2: I mean, that's a tr- that's that's a definitely a tricky question. I mean, when you're getting songs on people, I mean, you get paid when you own have ownership on the master. Um, so if it's on like you know, obviously for streaming, if you own a master and the label, if I put out a song, you know, I'm gonna make more money. Like if I get, you know, if I'm making all the money off the master, then if the label owns the master, right? Because it's like you can have a smaller amount of streams and still make like, you know, you can still make like a couple hundred dollars a month having like, you know, a couple million streams kind of thing, right? Like it's not a lot, but you can still be making some money if you own the master. Whereas like if if the label owns that, you have like, no, the only way a songwriter can make money is if you have a big song like in, in, in that sense, you don't, you know, a lot of songwriters now are asking for a point on the master. Again, that's how you're making money. Or obviously, traditionally songwriters make all the money off performance royalties, which is obviously radio, which is sort of becoming more of a dinosaur these days. TikTok is the thing that's actually moving culture. But in terms of money and how your a, song, a songwriter makes money, not an artist, but a songwriter, it is through radio still um, or commercials sync. You know what I mean? You can make a big chunk of money if your song's placed in a big commercial or, or whatnot. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard. That's why like executive production makes a lot of sense when you're developing something because you can have a sense of ownership, which is like, obviously it pays off to, to work on a project for a long period of time. Whereas a songwriter, you could work on a project for a year, have 12 songs and not have a single and make basically no money.
0: So basically so, like as an executive producer, you get to have say on who owns the masters. No, you as an executive producer,
2: usually you get a piece of 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 some sort of part of the master. Yeah. OK, gotcha. Um, I mean, it's always like it's a case by case situation it depends on what you're what you're given contractually. You know, obviously a point a point it means that you get a piece of the master. So if you have like, you know, as an executive producer, you may get like one or you may get four points, you know, you may get points. But that means you have a piece of the master. Right. So then that's how you're you're going to then make money.
1: Jenna, can I ask you, like when you were coming in as an artist, was this something that was like explained to you or like, how did you learn all this? Like, I didn't know any of this stuff.
2: I just learned it through like experience, honestly. Like it's, it's, I, I didn't knew none of this when I was an artist and I wish I did. So. Okay. So gotcha. is that kind
1: of how you started 27 Music?
2: So 27 Music is different because 27, 27 is a publishing company. So pub, it's, it's basically, I started 27 with Barry Weiss because I was, so I've been consulting for him now for three years. Obviously Lennon and Noah, and I just like love him. It's funny we met actually. He was the head of my label for two years when I was on Island Def Jam, and he um, he's just a great guy. And I think he's you know accomplished amazing things in his career. Um, and you know by signing like Britney Spears or Justin Timberlake, I mean the list goes on. But anyway, so he we I think that he's so good at the business side, and I'm like obviously very creative. And I, a lot of the people I was writing with um, happened to be unpublished. So it made sense for me to bring those writer producers in that I always already, or artists that I already was working with. Little Mix being one of them, they are amazing songwriters, but weren't really getting the recognition. So we ended up signing them to the publishing venture, which made a lot of sense. And that's how that started. But that has nothing to do with, um, the label side. I know it's all really confusing, uh,
1: but no, you, it's, um, you're doing a great job of breaking it down. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Oh. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of miscom Conception and confusion when it comes to like the business side of music and like to publishing to who owns what to sync licensing to artist royalties.
0: Like I think that you just broke that down in a really great way because I didn't know. I didn't either. Yeah, I I didn't know the majority of shame on us. Of really, um, yeah, Yeah. I didn't know the majority of how a songwriter or even like a a vocal producer gets paid. So and I feel like it's always changing too because you can pick up a book. Like I went to I, I studied music business in school and. Um oh you did? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, you have to read books about the the song factory and, you know, how songs are actually written and, and you know, how people made money in the eighties and the nineties and the early two thousands and things are just rapidly changing. They're evolving. Oh my of course. I mean, God, it's
2: like imagine we were just saying like imagine music was made like how it used to be. Like in this a time like this happened in the world, like the music industry was shut down, whereas now it's like all streaming. So we've actually been so lucky to continue having a very healthy music business during this year. Right. It's like a lot of people, you know, have struggled a lot this year in terms of being able to keep working and have, you know, all, you know, so many or people getting let go or all the things that everyone's going through but the music music has continued to thrive through streaming but if this was like 10 or 15 years ago it's like all music was sold in like hmvs and freaking whatever like all the the music stores though no there would be nowhere for people to buy music the music industry would be completely shut down which is a very scary thought but
0: are people buying music today you know i mean they're buying they're running streaming services and you're
2: right but- so, but that's 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 the same thing i mean it's it's definitely you're you know the, it's you're still music there's a lot of money to be made off of ownership in on the master side and streaming though that's sort of that's it's because it's, you, you remember like people like labels are getting paid off every time people are consuming all these different um dsps whether it be apple or tiktok or um you know any of these things are like Spotify or YouTube, like there's there's way to there, you're consuming. You can there's there's deals with all these companies that labels make money off of. If you own the masters, or if you're independent, you you make it yourself. Damn, Jenna,
0: you rock. You do. Damn, I, I cannot wait to go like listen back to this and just go read <laughs> and make some oh notes. My God. Thank you, seriously,
1: not wow. to expand my vocabulary too. Yeah, we have one more oh question for you. What is your gold moment?
0: And this means just a pinch me moment, something where you were like, wow, I, I can't believe that that I was a part of that or that I did that.
2: I mean, honestly, like this year, I mean, both Dynamite and Super Lonely, I'm just like, wow, it's so crazy. Like, this has really been like the best year of my life. Just the fact that like Super Lonely was a top 10 global Spotify hit and also just like went to number top five at, at pop radio. And then Dynamite, number one, two, two weeks to know, well, was two to uh, number one, two weeks in a row on the hot 100, which is kind of freaking crazy. I'm like, that's when you're like, Holy crap. Thank you. So yeah, that's definitely feeling very gold for me right now. <laughs> uh,
0: that, I love yeah. that You said this has been like your best year. Like, you don't hear that I right know. now. So love it. Love the positivity.
2: And it's, it's, it's really like, and, and it feels bad to say it. Right. And I, and I've talked to a lot of friends about and actually funny enough I have a lot of friends in the music business that they feel similar ways and like obviously like not being insensitive to the world at all cuz it's obviously like just completely horrific what's going on but in terms of my own personal career it's been the best career life put it out put it that way so it's just like I'm really grateful for that and it's brought me a lot of positivity through these times and obviously like I'm completely sensitive I'm trying to help out as much as I can on everything that's going on in the world so it's nothing like you know obviously keeping realistic on what other people are going through but it's just kind of like I have so many theories that's a whole nother thing on like why this is happening it's just like universe is is I definitely think there's some sort of grandmaster plan involved in what's happening but it's yet to be seen
0: there has to be one <laughs> there is there is 2021 I believe in it 2021 I love <laughs> that
2: we're talking about 2021 now
0: <laughs> where did the time go where did the time go but I think it's important to be grateful for every day and I feel like you are a fantastic, again, example of someone who just is making it work in this year. And not just making it work, but um, involved in number one songs. Let's be real.
1: Your hustle uh, is admirable. And we are so grateful to have had the chance to chat with you. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah,
0: seriously. Oh, like, so
1: we're seriously going to so keep thankful. calling
0: you up because like this, this just rocked our world. And, and, and I think that our listeners are really going to appreciate um, hearing some very specific music business tactics that you that you touched on.
2: Oh well, I really appreciate it, and I always enjoy talking to you guys. And you know, I'm always about talking to badass bitches. So yeah, yeah. let's mm-hmm. let's continue the vibes and um and yeah, just just um let me know, Can't I'm touch. around. Can't... You know where to find me. I'll
1: be in Jersey. Hey, hey. hell yeah, I'm booking a Jersey. flight now. Cool Jenna, <laughs> GTM. Okay, all right, no, okay, it. cool. <laughs>
0: Jenna the Great. From songwriting to executive producing to a the music industry is forever evolving and Jenna stays on top of her game. Life is
1: crazy, but music instills hope. And if you're a listener, a musician, or rocking out with us in the music business, we are so thankful for you being here. So thankful.
0: Hustle every waking moment, be vulnerable in your endeavors, and cherish honesty in your work relationships.
1: Hey, listeners, our goal for you this week is to connect intrinsically and then create.
0: That's it. That's all. That's what we got. Bye. Bye. See you next week.